They were the heroes from the future. Teenagers protecting the universe from those that would sow the seeds of chaos. Each had unique powers and abilities. And though they often had their differences, they came together to save the day as the Legion of Superheroes. Now you can be a part of their adventures and learn the history of the future in the Legion Clubhouse. It is the Day of Judgment. You know what that means. Legion of Superheroes number 263. Day of Judgment. Published May 1980. Written by Jerry Conway with art by Jimmy James. Synopsis. The villainous Dagon targets the Legion's families for revenge. What we end up in this episode are two issues that that go together. So that's not like we have a cliffhanger this week. It's not like we have a weird uh, one-off issue Mm -hmm. that we have this week. We have a complete story told through uh, two stories, or at least... uh, you know, we still have a cliffhanger, kind but, of a cliffhanger, yeah. but at least we get somewhat of a, a self-contained story. And the other thing that we get in this story, which is something that I was talking about the last several episodes of this show, is that let's spend a little bit of time with with Star Patrol. Let's spend a little time with Mystery Inc. And now we get to spend a little bit of time with uh, the Team Terra. And so this time it's only focused on the Legionnaires that were left behind to rebuild the Legion HQ. And guess what, Matthew? The Legion HQ has been rebuilt. Hooray! Yeah, and it's totally thrown aside as like, a, oh, here it is in the first panel. But wait, who are these strangers in bondage gear? I know. Let's look at the Legion roll call. This uh, this uh, this issue is going to feature Timberwolf, Brainiac 5, Princess Projectra, Phantom Girl, Starboy, and Monel. No, it's not. But it says right there in the roll call, this is the only way that I know who all these Legionnaires are, or else I'm going to mess up, mess up their names, as fans of this show have, have long, long figured out. Well, the problem with this issue's roll call is that it's actually the roll call from issue 261, uh, which, as yeah. you may remember, was that space circus nonsense. Yeah. And so I, was they like... liter- <laughs> I think what they did was they pasted in the new roll call, the little uh, scroll, and then never re-lettered yeah. it. They they may have. Uh, I have Jack no C. idea. Harris it's, messed up. It's definitely editor. an error because I was going through this and I'm going, wait a minute, Brainiac Five is not in this issue. There's no yeah. Princess Projectra in this issue. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and I think big, the big day of, the judgment is actually the judgment of readers on the the Legion editorial team of this issue because yeah. I I know I'm judgy. Yeah. Oh yeah, we know <sighs> that. Uh, so anyway, back to these uh, to these adults that are wandering aimlessly through the five, halls of the new Legion HQ. Five ordinary citizens with uh, the stiffest dialogue that you will ever cross. Gosh, Stephen, as you know, we've been recording this show for twenty episodes. Do you remember what happened with Omega? Oh yes, uh, Matthew, I do remember. There was a guy named Omega who did something horrible, but I can't remember what it was. Perhaps we can spend another few moments talking like this and trying to rehash the events of an issue from twenty issues ago. Yes, this stiff dialogue is more powerful than Superboy or Monel, and succeeds in completely demolishing my interest in the story. I agree. Or oh, I'm sorry. Let's do that. At take two. I concur. This is going to be such a stiff issue and such stiff dialogue that I'm sure that I can build a back porch off of it. (laughs) Also, as they tour, so these are the parents. We find out these are the parents 
of the Legionnaires uh, of this issue. So this issue, we've got Timberwolf's parents, Brainiac Five's no. parents, Princess Projector's parents, Phantom Girl's parents, Starboy's parents, and Mon... Oh, sorry, not mon parents. That should have been our first clue, right? Oh. Also, there's a Durlin that shows up, so that also should have been a, a clue. Yeah. And, you know... <laughs> Well, and it it is Ultra Boy's parents, uh, yeah. his mother and father, mm-hmm. Krav, Krav McGraw, and uh, Krav Maga, yeah, yeah, and uh, his wife uh, Myrtle, mm-hmm. and then of course Shrinking Violet's dad, uh, Ken Barbie doll. Yeah, he and, is not really there at first, right? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I have to go back and look at that page. But at first, you don't see him there until our villain attacks and he's like, "Maha, where is the other one?" And then little Shrinking Violet's father's running around going, "I am Doll Man." He's the one in the purple tights on the Oh, okay. Page, All right. He shrinks, yeah. And uh, Shadow Lass's mother, which is interesting. Um, interestingly, we've actually met Krav and Mitra Na before. Yeah, I was wondering who we had met before because I know that uh, Krav Na has, been, has appeared in the Bendis run of the Legion. <laughs> and he is totally different portrayed yeah. in the Bendis run of the Legion than what we have here. Here we have almost oddly... Uh, creepy parents right because it's like of course in the superheroes they are they are literally drawn in in eight inch heels with you know yes massive (laughs) barrel chests so imagine dear listeners that your mom and dad show up to your workplace wearing their their kinky sex bondage gear that they only wear (laughs) on saturday nights and that's kind of how they look in this like totally 70s let's go to club 54 uh, and and uh, get it on with everybody, free love, all that stuff. And it is kind of uncomfortable once you realize who these people are. So when have we seen uh, Krav and uh, Murda? Krav and Mitra Na were in Superboy 208. They were hypnotized by the Legion of Supervillains. Uh, it was the first appearance of, you remember, Sun Emperor and Chameleon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they hypnotized them and uh, Superboy's parents and Monil's parents. Sort of. Um, it was a whole thing. But that's the this is, I think, the last time we see them in this iteration. But when we saw them, they were chunkier and older looking, which makes me think that Krav showed up, saw all the cute girls in the Legion and went, hey, baby, <laughs> time to time to upgrade ship. time to upgrade to a new model. Uh, Arn Digby, uh-huh. who sounds like a, an Archie character. Yeah. Has never been seen before this issue and, more importantly, will never be seen again. Oh, okay. The same with Tarna Tolarn, uh, the mother of Shadowlass. Now, is that uh, because at, is that because we actually they actually get different parents in the future or there's just never a need to talk about their are, parents ever again? These two are such such embarrassments to the pantheon of parents uh, <laughs> that they just are like, please do not come back. Well, uh, importantly, the Legion reboots in 94, so there aren't really all that many stories in this iteration of the Legion left in the grand scheme of things. But uh, this issue hit the stands February 26, 1980. The next time we see any Legion parents is probably another post eight or ten issues down the line. Oh, okay. But yeah, there really aren't a whole lot of parent storylines to be had. There are a couple more parents who are going to die. Uh oh, and, and I think eventually we do meet Dawnstar's mom and dad. I seem to but, remember that as well, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, that's probably post. That's probably after the reboot. Um, 
but I, I think, think I remember seeing her parents. Crisis, but I don't think it's after the full-on reboot. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, then, of course, we got uh, Derlin mom, who could be anybody's mom. She could just, you know, she could look like your mom, but really be your aunt. And that really makes things weird. Well, she is his aunt. Actually. Oh, well, that does make it weird. <laughs> it you think, does. Yeah. You think like when uh, she and RJ Brand run into each other, there's a really awkward moment. She is, so, oh, wait. This, so does that. So wait. Yeah. Is she RJ Brand's sister or like. Aunt, uh, sister, aunt on the other side of the family or how do Durlins reproduce? Do they, do they uh, split apart and, and, and do that it's kind of stuff? It's never really clear, but there seems to be a sexual component to it because a male Durlin and a female Durlin are necessary to make children. Uh, is that, is that spelled brother, out specifically or is it, is it like just it, one of those things where they choose their sex? It's highly implied. I wonder um, today, I, how did they uh, handle Durlins? sexual orientation in the Bendis run? Did they just make it Durlins get to choose their sex or is it assigned I, at birth? I don't recall chameleon boy getting more than two or three panels of dialogue in that whole series. Mm. So yeah, we'll, we'll cover it eventually. So I'm sure we'll, we'll bring it up there. then, but I think Durlins would be the kind of the best representation of a species that would be able to decide on what yeah. sex they want at a certain age or, you know, even on a certain day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Today can, I want to be, be literally fluid. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Gender fluid is just part of it. But, um, this is G and in future stories, they call her G Daggle, but that doesn't make sense because she's his sister-in-law and necessarily, you know, you figure wouldn't have the same family name. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But here's and it's, and it's spelled J I instead of like G, like G dog, G Daggle. Hey, yo, G what up G Daggle? Yo, yo, yo. But yes, uh, she is later revealed to be, Chameleon Boy's aunt who raised him and his brother, Liggett, which is fun to say. And, and is it because RJ Brand decided to go off and become a star maker? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Wait, I'm sorry. That's a spoiler. Not I, yet. I, we have I talked about it enough. If this is your first time listening, hi, future person. Welcome. Join in. Welcome to our little club. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's all coming up. And we've certainly talked about the, the reveal of who uh, RJ Brand is in the future. But uh, no sooner do they get done with the Hall of Heroes, which I wonder, I know we've talked about the ultimate sacrifice before, but this is one I can't remember if we've ever seen it in the book before as the actual words of the ultimate sacrifice. I think, um, and I'd have to go back and check, but my brain wants to say that when Pharaoh Lad died. Yeah that the words ultimate sacrifice were used either okay. in the issue immediately afterwards. One of our fine listeners, and we've got yeah. a growing list of them following at Legion clubhouse on Twitter. And of course, just following us at major spoilers and at mighty King Cobra, uh, that you guys jump in and you guys have some great information that you're sharing. We certainly appreciate yes. that. So if ultimate sacrifice has been used before in DC comics, uh, I'm sure it has, but I'm just, I just want to know because that's kind of one of those key phrases that you say in hushed tones and certainly in the hall of heroes. That's, that's what happens until Dagon, the Avenger attacks. Oh, this is that Marvel DC crossover that people are waiting for. Too bad. They have to wait for a thousand years in the future for that, uh, that Marvel DC crossover event to happen because he's an Avenger. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel that there's a more, a more, actually descriptive and you know honestly better name for this gentleman i call him 
Darth Longhorn. <laughs> because he is clearly a Star Wars knockoff and he has enormous yeah, Ibex by, horns. By 1980, so I forget, um, I want to say it's late 1980 is when Empire Strikes Back comes out. But mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back and certainly Star Wars Fever is still at an all-time high here, especially when you know that there is another Star Wars movie, a second Star Wars movie. Oh my gosh, I wonder what's going to happen in this one. I wonder if Luke and Darth Vader will finally fight. Um, I can see that kind of being a big, a big deal. And I can see, especially with what's going on uh, with the Star Wars comic book, I could see some of that going on uh, there. Now, the Star Wars comic book is over at Marvel. Conway right. or um, Jimmy James didn't have anything to do with with that Star Wars comic over at Marvel, did they? No, I I can't remember Jimmy James being a name that I see anywhere, but on Legion and maybe some backup stories. And but Conway breakfast, had breakfast left sausages Marvel by that point. No, you're thinking of Jimmy Johns. No, no, that's He's a sandwich the shop. fast delivery. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of the uh, of the sausages, the morning breakfast links. No, no, no. You're thinking the interesting... of the guy from News Radio who's played. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen I haven't seen News Radio in decades, so I I wouldn't even know which one you're talking about unless it's that one guy that it's takes guy... horse dewormer. No, he's the guy from uh, what, what do you what do you what do you call it? The kids from, in the hall. Oh, brother, where are they? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> this uh, sign right there on your on the line, and then. Uh, uh, no, so for those of you who don't know, the Star Wars comics, when they came out at Marvel, the comics came out and had to be done before the Star Wars movie was released. And so they were going off of early concept sketches in the very first four issues of the Star Wars comic. And so when you go back and look at that original Star Wars run over at Marvel, Darth Vader looks completely different. And in fact, he is presented as green in the comic. Because they didn't know he was going to be black because I guess either the photos that they got were black and white or the concept art was green. And they're just like, well, I guess this guy's green. Let's color him green. So if you look at that very Star Wars cover uh, from Marvel, that's that is that. Well, it's also Carmine Infantino and Carmine Infantino is not what we like to call a uh, team player. Well, I, I think he was a team player. I mean, he was DC's editor in chief. But I feel like he's not what you would call a, a literalist. He is he's not a realist yeah, in yeah, his yeah. art. He's yeah. not, you know, yeah. trying to give you an absolute thing. So but, yeah. back back to Dagon the Avenger. Mm-hmm. You know, it Dagon is a very interesting name. And certainly for those of you today, Dagon is probably a name that pops up more often today than it would have in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and that's because of the resurgence of the Lovecraft mythos. Now, Dagon is one of the the sea creatures from H.P. Lovecraft's uh, mythos. H.P. Uh, mm-hmm. Lovecraft being a horrendous racist. But in the 70s and early 80s, uh, S.T. Josie, I mean, he wrote a, a biography about Lovecraft in the 60s. But then we also had a, all of Lovecraft's short stories that were in magazine form were are now in the seventies starting to be collected in trade paperback or not trade paperbacks, but in mm-hmm. uh, paperback collections. And so more people are aware of what the heck is a Dagon or Cthulhu or even the Necronomicon uh, start right. to start to resurface in popular culture again because of the resurgence or the rediscovery of Lovecraft and his work some 50 years after, you know, after his passing. So I'm almost certain that Dagon is named such because of his influence from H.P. Lovecraft and not 
Dagon or D-A-G-A-N, which is mm-hmm. the ancient Syrian god, which also is a kind of like serpent sea creature god. Yeah, he was also a, a Semitic god. Uh, and the word actually, I can't remember what it means, but there's actually a Hebrew word, Dagon, D-A-G-A-N. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the thing about Dagon that just really strikes me is he is so generic. I mean, he could have been a Marvel team-up villain. He could mm-hmm. have been somebody fighting The Thing and Rom. There's nothing about him that makes him feel like a Legion character to me. Right. Or a villain. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see, you know, hey, I'm going to fight the Legion now. But if you look at him, his armor doesn't really... Well, I will say this. Jimmy James, this is his first issue as the Legion's regular penciler. Mm-hmm. And he's still kind of getting used to the the future so his future scapes don't really look all that futury, but Dagon just looks like a guy. You know, he's got these weird pointy boots that I think are kind of interesting. But all in all, I look at Dagon and I'm just like, this looks like a guy that Spider-Man and Machine Man had to team up to take down yeah, in 1979. Like the, or the Silver Samurai, kind of a ripoff of the Silver Samurai, which that, yeah. wouldn't come out, what, Silver Samurai still, what, a couple of years away? Silver Samurai, I think, is 1980, so it'd be the same, oh, same year. time. Oh, interesting. Silver Samurai's first appearance, if my brain is correct, is the one uh, where Spider-Man met the Not Ready for Primetime players, and Silver Samurai fought John Belushi <laughs> as, this is true, as the SNL Samurai in, <laughs> and, in and character. Then, and then Batman and Robin had to solve the mystery of who murdered someone on the David Letterman set. <laughs> Which I think no, also... I think Batman and Robin in that issue were uh, giving... Uh, cakes beautiful cakes well what was the one where they went on wasn't th- wasn't there one where batman and robin went on letterman to solve a crime um i remember the avengers being oh maybe letterman. it's the avengers okay so we're, we're still over in marvel territory i'm trying to bring it back around to yeah. dc uh, dagon also in his word usage is a little uh men's right activist uh in his flair i think the <laughs> thing that's missing here is a fedora and a few miladies as he's talking to his uh, his you captives are an arrogant, treacherous woman. Yeah, oof. I, oof. yeah, it is it is bad, and he puts the smackdown on all five parents, right? Because I mean, we, hmm, they yeah. kind of have powers, but you know, for them, it may not be powers that they've honed to the skill right. of being superheroes. They all have, uh, with well, with the exception, actually, no. Only two of them have powers. Uh, G is a shapeshifter. Right. And then Shrinking um, Violet's dad. Sh- yeah. Shrinking Violet's dad, like all Imskians, can shrink. Also, interestingly, we find out that the Legionnaires have given their parents specific weapons. So Daddy Violet is running around with a gun, whereas Shrinking Violet doesn't carry a weapon. And I'm like, I understand wanting to protect your father, but maybe you should take a gun into battle yourself, Violet. Yeah, that, that's a little weird, right? I mean, but it maybe is. you do want to protect your parents. So it's like, here, Dad, here's a gun. The serial number has been rubbed off. If there's ever a problem, <laughs> just say you took it from the guy who is trying to attack you or else throw it in the river and you'll get away scot-free. Uh, scot-free, also a DC reference there because of also right. probably a little Mr. bit of a... Mr. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and we also find out something really weird uh, right in with your men's rights activist comment. Mm-hmm. Dagon thinks he's going to take down Shadow Lass's mom, 
but Shadow Mom kicks him in the face, and she's he's yeah. like, "Oh, she must have learned her fighting skills from someone." You surprise me, and I hate surprises. Yeah, this guy is just. So then the other thing, too, is we'll find out more in issue two. But there are many times when we see a close up of the face of Dagon's face that Mm -hmm. the eyes are drawn very feminine. And I don't know if that's intentional, because, again, we haven't found who's underneath the the helmet. Uh, We kind of narrow it down by the second issue. But one of the suspects is a woman. And so I, I just wonder if the. The feminine feminine feel of the eyes was intentional or if that was something that um, was just accidental in trying to draw eyes behind these these eye holes. I would say accidental because uh, Dave Hunt, who inks this issue, is not the best inker for Jimmy Jane's Mm -hmm. uh, Freaky Fast Delivery. Because he really kind of overpowers and we'll see in next issue and going forward. James's style is a lot different than what we're seeing in this this first appearance here. And I feel like it's it's Hunt's inks that are doing it. So I'm wondering if it's just heavy inking behind the eye shields. But yeah, it could be that. But I just initially I was like, oh, it's someone that could be perceived to be male from the way the yeah. costume is worn. But what if it was a female? Aha! We'll have to find out next uh, next uh, episode of the Legion Clubhouse for sure. <laughs> Uh, but, um, all the, all the parents are kidnapped and then, uh, the heroes come back and they're like, Hey, um, why is the power turned off and why is the security turned off? And, and, Oh, look, here's this guy, Tyrock, uh, where have you been? And he's like, man, things are going on back on my, my Island. I need to get out of here. And they're like, you're a legionnaire and you're going to stay here, mister. And he's like, I don't care for your honky parents. I want to go do my thing, which will play a big role in the next issue. So got to stick around. Does not say honky parents. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) so the Legionnaires are actually coming back from uh, an interesting, well, not interesting because it's just a thing, but it is a plot point because they say somebody broadcast a fake message from the St. Croix medical center. Yeah. Which is where Brainiac Brainiac 5 was. uh, was, And where presumably Matter Eater Lad still is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you are correct. When they come back, Wildfire's like, listen, everybody, all hands on deck. And Tyrock's like, dude, dudes, I got to go. And then he, I didn't know that he had the ability to transport himself with his weird cries because he starts to dematerialize and Wildfire Mm -hmm. just like reaches his hand right through him. And I'm like, holy crap. He just reached his hand right through Tyrock's chest and and burst out the other side. They they just killed Tyrock. But no, he has this weird uh, sound that he can apparently transport himself. I didn't know that that was one of his powers. Which is interesting because, again, in the next issue, or maybe it is in this issue, Tyrock and Light Lass are wandering around, and she's like, and so, yeah, that's how you save Christmas with your weird powers. <laughs> Light Lass also gets an interesting focus in this issue because she's front and center in kind of a leadership role. Mm-hmm. She goes off with Tyrock, and then, you know, we come back and we find out what's going on, and she's the one who does the legwork to find out that. Karate Kid's parents are also missing. Yeah. As are Sun Boys, as are Wildfires. Yeah. And I and I was waiting for that one Legion member to just go, Phew, good thing I don't have any parents. <laughs> Superboy's not in this one. No, yeah. Or or mine. Um but. actually the Rans twins have lost recently lost their parents. Yeah, but recall. their parents are already dead, so they don't have their to worry about that. Their parents died uh like twenty twenty years ago. 
in they comic did terms. not. Don't you remember the story where Lightning yeah. Lord and Lightning yeah, Lad they had met? Yeah, they were there on the on the battlefield their of parents, their parents' their graveyard. Parents died in a car crash. Yeah, 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 yeah. That also, was maybe eight years ago. So the idea is, hey, we need to start tracking down where the parents are. Let's bring in Dawnstar. So Dawnstar shows up for a hot second in this issue she as their tracker. saving Green Arrow from an asteroid. And yeah, um, and she tries to track them down and she's like, I can't find them anywhere. And uh, I'm trying to think if this issue has the crazy QAnon guys in it or not. Uh, issue 263 ends with Dawnstar going, okay, we're going to try and track him down. And Tyrock walking out. And then Dagon going, one billion dollars. Oh, no, yeah. So at one point they go and they show up to, and, and they're like, hey, all of our science stuff has been turned off. Let's go see where our backup science stuff is at. And they go to this place where you know, the, the science uh, stuff and the security stuff is made. And this crazy uh, guy there is like, don't you understand? Uh, because everybody was focusing on your Legion clubhouse. We got fired. It's our job that we, you know, it's your fault that we lost our jobs and this is all your, and it was just going into crazy conspiracy theories. And one of the things that I had said a long time ago, when this whole RJ brand lost his fortune thing came up, I said, this is probably something that they're going to continue to mine for future stories. It'd be interesting if there are other things that spin out of this. And, and we're continuing to see that happen to the point where I forget which Legion member is telling this crazy scientist guy, but, but the, you know, we didn't use any of RJ brands money. The government stole all his money. Didn't you read the newspaper? And he's like, I'm a Fox news person. Damn it. And so then they just kind of dismiss this guy. And then all of a sudden at the end of the issue, as you said, Dagon shows up and says, I demand one billion solar credits. I want those billion Doge coins deposited into my crypto wallet by Monday or your parents are dead. Dead, I tell you. I think it's Doge. Yeah, but well, whatever. That's that's how that issue ends. Issue does bring Everybody up wants when, some Doge coins. <laughs> when Dawnstar pops up, I'm like, I literally forgot about Dawnstar. I mean, it feels like forever since we've seen Dawnstar in the book. Shear's not really got any new hits at this point, so. I guess, but, you know, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves was big in 76. Yeah, this is 1980, dude. But, yeah, that's not that's not that long. I mean, it, we're talking about, hey, remember 2018? <laughs> <But>, no. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> the thing about this issue that I find pleasant, positive, is that with the exception of Dagon, you know, being the villain and saying some things that can definitely be read as sexist. I don't care if she's a Durlin. <laughs> the driving force of this issue is Shadow Lass's mom, who figures out how to leave a message for her daughter. Mm -hmm. Light Lass, who does all of the legwork. She does the emotional legwork with Wildfire. She does the investigating. She really... Is, is almost the leader of the Legion throughout this mission. And then we get to a point where Dawnstar is the one that's going to have to track people down. And I'm just like, wow, you know, this is a lot of female centric mm -hmm. character stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, kind of maybe to make up for the fact that our villain is just basically a two dimensional schmuck. Yeah. There, there's some other things that, you know, Oh, Hey everybody, look, it's, it's Tyrock. Too bad. He's going to disappear in, in the next issue. But they don't know that. Well, they you don't know that. You got to bring him back and establish him as a character before you can get right. rid of it. It's, it's but called so the bus came back. Yeah, but so there's still kind of some problems that I see in the general 
storyline of things that have been introduced previously, but then kind of got dropped like mm-hmm. the whole Imskian uh, issue. Remember when the Imskians like they thought that the Federation was against them and everything that never really got a resolution. Right. And I, I don't know that it ever will. And I have a feeling the same thing is going on with Tyrock, right? So we're going to see in the next issue, Tyrock is like, I must go back to my Island. And right. then we find my out home world needs me. Yeah. And, and then something weird happens to him. And then I'm, you know, with the understanding that I'll probably be resolved in the next issue, but it's almost like we're trying to brush Tyrock under the, out of the way again. So that I don't know exactly what they're doing. And, um, this issue and next issue are just set up to brush him under the rug, which comes later. But that is literally what these stories are designed to do. And I think that may be part of the reason why Dagon is such a two dimensional pinhead, because basically his job is to be here and confuse yeah. the Legion so that Tyrock can stock away. Yeah. Once again, he's, you know, very angry in this issue, but he's angry about his Legion duties. And then of course we get to the story that, you know, the Brigadoon Syndrome. Yeah, which we'll talk about that here in, in just a second. If you enjoy the show, we would appreciate your support. You can find out more and become a Legion Clubhouse member at patreon.com slash major spoilers. So 1980, Matthew. Yeah. Big year. That yeah. was the year we ended up with Ronald Reagan as president. <sighs> I wonder what the future would look like. Like let's fast forward a thousand years into the future. And we've already seen the president try to steal money from one of the richest people in the universe. What's the president of the United Federation of planets in the nine uh, planets uh, ice cream parlor. What (laughs) is that president up to in the future? Well, uh, the, the letter column of Legion 264 makes it clear when the issue didn't, uh, that when we previously saw President President Kendrew, boy, that's yeah. hard to say. Bolt, when we Bolt previously House saw Kendrew. President Kendrew, he was actually removed from office. So yeah. as of right now, Earth has no president. No, I'm sure they have somebody in charge because you know the line of secession goes vice president, uh, what is it, speaker of the house, <laughs> then like parliamentarian, and right, then eventually and then the, you go far far enough down the line, uh, and that's how you end up with King Ralph. Right. You make it. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah sure uh, yeah but this issue uh is is vaguely important because the new legion president yeah is actually someone that we have met the president who is about to replace Kendrew, and i don't remember where but this issue makes it clear that there is no president but the new president is someone we know someone we've seen someone who thematically makes sense based on this issue, this two-part story about kidnapping Legionnaire parents. Mm, let me guess, Matthew. Is it yes. Marla? No. No. Because he would be my natural choice. I, I, he's definitely down there in the King Ralph category of who was to seed in that line of succession. So uh, Marla is 794th uh, in line after your mail carrier, my mail carrier, and Jerry Moran, I think. Well, let's hope that uh, that we can get to the mail carriers before Jerry Moran. <laughs> Legion of Superheroes number 264, 
Dagon's Cavern of Doom. Published June 1980. Written by Jerry Conway with art by Jimmy Janes. Synopsis. What is the terrible secret of Marzal Island? All right, 264. Tyrox still in a tizzy. He has left to go back to his island. And so the idea is let's send... Who are we sending? Uh, Saturn Girl and Shadowlass? Oh, Shadowlass and... Light Lass are both going to oh, Tyrox. Shadow Lass and Dawnstar. I'm sorry. Okay, they're going to Tyrox Island to try and talk some sense into him and find out what's going on because they think that with his weird whistling powers, mm-hmm. that he might be able to find the parents because, um, you know, you remember because they 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 talk about it as they're walking in Meteor Res, uh, and so that's how you save Christmas by using your weird whistling powers to find the Death Probe. And Tyrock's like, I got no time for you, woman. I got to do something. Get away from me. And he doesn't whistle. He shouts. Yeah. Yeah. What he does. Okay. So if he wants to teleport, he goes, oh, we, oh, we, oh. And if he wants to uh, swing through the jungles, he goes, oh, 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 oh. that's what happens. Yeah. Problem yeah. I, the problem I have with this issue is, does this arc know what it wants to be? On the one hand, it's trying to be a mystery of what happened to our parents. And so we're, we're, we're trying to have some of the dumbs of the Legion try to figure out what's going on. This is not the espionage squad. So they don't have all the brains that, uh, that would normally be in the smart group. They don't even have anybody that I would be, you know, with the exception of maybe Saturn girl that I would consider to be top of the Legion. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they're all dumb, but I'm just saying in the, in the sense of let's solve a Wildfire mystery. Is dumb. Wildfire is the thing. <laughs> let's solve a mystery. These are not the legionnaires I would use to solve the mystery. So I don't know it, what this issue is trying to be. Is it trying to be let's race around the clock and follow the clues and see if we can find our parents, or is this a what's the matter with Tyrock? Let's have a you know a very special uh, on this week's very special episode of the Legion of Superheroes, uh, and we dive into Tyrock's issues. Or if it's something else completely. So I'm not really sure at this point what this arc wants to be, except that we have to take a look at how the other third of the Legion is handling themselves and what they're doing while the rest are out actually having exciting adventures. I think to some degree, um, you were right when you said in 263 that this whole, that this arc is designed to sweep Tyrock off the board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Tyrock's issues are front and center in a way that I feel like they really shouldn't be given the seriousness of, you know, the kidnapped parents. I mean, wildfire right. is freaking out, melting things with his, with his nuclear face because his parents have been kidnapped and <laughs> which he's got some crazy lines, right? So yeah. in, in the previous issue, he's like, if I had a heart, which I don't, I might care what you have to think, Tyrock. And then this one, he says, he's like, ah, oh, I lost my head. And it's like, what is it, dude? Either you have a heart or you don't have a heart. You have a head or you don't have a head. At one point, as they're trying to find the parents, he opens up a, a, a door and some missile or some explosion goes off and blows off his containment suit. Yes. And the and the panel for that one is just Hilarious. so great. You know, it's it's just like instead of saying frack or, or you know, some some crazy thing Sprack. like that, he's just like, oh, oh. darn it all anyway. <laughs> darn it all anyway. <laughs> you know, and it's even bu- funnier if you imagine Wildfire talking with the voice of Ned Flanders. 
I guess I, it, it was just like, it is a weird dialogue. I'm not sure. It is. I'm not sure Jerry Conway has a grasp of what the, the kids and their parents of these days are talking like. I don't think that Jerry Conway has a hook on wildfire other than he's the loud, angry guy. Yeah. And you know, that's kind of bothersome. Although this issue in 264 and 263 do establish that wildfire has superhuman strength. Once again, for a long time, he's just been blasting things with his nuclear yeah, with energy, his energy. But here yeah. he's clearly you ripping would, things apart. This should have been like a, ah, or a, you know, something to, you know, shock and surprise of my, if I'm being exploded instead of, oh, darn or it maybe, anyway. Well, they can't do that because if he goes, ah, that's going to teleport him back to Mars. <laughs> well, no, that's wildfire, not Tyrock. But you know, the other yeah, thing that, that is also mentioned in this issue is Tyrock is one of the more powerful Legion members. Yeah. Which, again, if you're going to point out that this guy is one of the top tier heroes, why has he been kept in the background all along? And, of course, we know it's because he's got to stay on his island and and deal with the unrest there. Or, as we find out at issue's end, when Dawnstar and Shadowlass won't get off the island, they're all snatched away to Brigadoon. Yeah. Uh, the island of Marzal disappears from reality for 200 years at a time, 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 time. I wonder, I, you know, Brigadoon was a stage, you know, a stage play musical. Mm-hmm. Then it was a movie. I want to say the movie was made in like the 60s. 54, I think. 54. So, yeah, I it have no the, idea it, why in the 1980s Brigadoon would suddenly be a thing again. If there was some revival or something that was going on, but to I think really set up. book writers are old. Well, but I mean, really to set up Marzal as a Brigadoon type situation is really weird. And I'm, I'm not, unless there was some kind of a recall, you know, some kind of a resurgence of the musical. Now I remember in middle school or, or had to have been middle school. We went and saw like a, a local college do a performance of Brigadoon. Mm-hmm. But I just, I can't imagine anywhere else that there would have been a big resurgence of this thing to where someone reading a comic would be going, oh my gosh, Brigadoon, I know all about this. <laughs> and because they even call it out at the end of the issue. They're like, Schmigadoon or whatever that they, they say. We at the call end of the it issue. the Brigadoon syndrome. Drome, drome. Yeah. And it's just like weird, man. That is just like really weird. Yeah. I think the musical is from the 40s. And yeah. There was a movie version in the fifties, yeah. but I, I, I don't know. Uh, the only thing that I can think of is that Tyrock's creator intentionally called it. Cause I can't remember if the whole phasing in, I feel like the whole phasing in and out of reality thing was part of his very first appearance back in whatever it was two twenty something, something dark side. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Again, one of our listeners might be able to point that out and clarify that. It's not, it's not such a big deal, but it just feels odd that, Hey everybody, it's Tyrock. Yay. Tyrock's back. Oh, Tyrock's gone. Yeah. I mean, he's had four meaningful appearances in the last five years of Legion comics. His entire job in the big, uh, anniversary tabloid with the wedding was to stand guard at headquarters. Yeah. And he was in like three panels of a book that made a point of using every other Legionnaire. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. I think the I I, I want to see how this all plays out in the next issue. Um. But anyway, back to the mystery. 
mystery. The trying to find our parents, which I mean, I think these kids are trying a little bit too hard to find their parents. I mean, it's clear at least somebody in this issue has daddy issues. <laughs> uh, so in the process of trying to find their parents, they run into ah bats, but not just ah bats. It's mutant bats, space bats, some creepy mutant bats that pop like bubbles. So there's that. Yes. Then we then we narrowed down our list of QAnon um, suspects down to three, two men and a woman, yeah. and they eliminate they eliminate two of them and figure out that the man is uh, one of the men is the one that's under the mask, and it's because they're all upset that they lost their jobs because there wasn't enough money to keep the research uh, the science and research arm of brand industries running, and so they all lost their jobs. So this must be the Legion Legion's fault. So therefore, let's kidnap, torture, and kill the parents. That makes. No sense. And even worse, when they tell us the names of the possible suspects. Yeah. The name is Weasel Yondor. <laughs> Weasel Yondor. Now, I don't know about you, but that name just screams out isn't, untrustworthy. Villain. Isn't, isn't somebody trying to make a, a swipe at uh, Frank Zappa and his kids? I don't even know, but I'll tell you this. It's really nice that you can take Weasel Yondor and anagram it to Wiley Zoo Nerd. Which explains well, why he has horns like an Ibex. Yeah. Also, yeah. at one point, they're like, how did this guy get this costume? And it's like, duh, cosplay. <laughs> he made it himself for one. Yeah, it's made, out of, it's made out of foam and also, uh, duct tape. If you're bored, one of the other ones is Dr. Ula Rand, which is Rad Ernlad. Uh-oh. Yeah. Anyway, um... That's how bad this issue was. I was literally making anagrams out of the names. Yeah. And so uh, the issue ends where they realize that, oh, they've been hiding in plain sight all along down in our bunker because one of the things that was stolen were some plans that we had to create an emergency underground bunker. If we were ever attacked, we never we never uh, made that that announcement and we never move that product out of R&D into development. So therefore, the only place that our parents can be is down in the beneath the Legion clubhouse. In the, in the basement. In the sub, sub, sub basement. Yeah. And <sighs> this story really goes through some convolutions to make Tyrox powers the important powers. Because literally, it's a tracking gig. Yeah. But the girl with the tracking powers, oh, she can't, can't do, do it. it because uh, there's something there's, interfering with her powers. Yeah, molecular instability zone all around the spacecraft. You're stuck here. Yeah. I I just ugh. I will say this, there is an important wildfire development in this issue. Oh yeah. Uh, we find that Wildfire now when divorced from his suit as he was in his first appearance back in Superboy and the Legion of Behavior. Sorry. Ah, darn it all anyway. He's learned to vibrate the air with his energy so that he can now be heard. So when he's a floating cloud so of energy, if he when he is a floating, when he see a floating cloud of energy, is he not putting everyone at risk with his radiation contamination? Is he irradiating his fellow mem uh, members in like dosing them with high radioactive levels of toxic? Energies? I don't know that he's radioactive. He's actually antimatter. Oh, okay. So, he's so they may be in danger of exploding. Yeah, but I don't know that you they're... can't mix antimatter and matter, Captain. Well, and here's also something, my, you know, Dr. Solar, man of the atom in the 60s, had complete yeah. control of his radioactive powers. Yeah, but he's at a different publisher for radiation. So, oh, OK, I feel like if you're going to have a guy walking around in a polyester leisure suit. 
he's going to be no more dangerous outside of his polyester leaf. That's a bad metaphor. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. This issue is just uh, fair, at least. Again, it doesn't know really what it wants to be. And trying to tie the previous issue with this issue together, everybody's reunited with their parents, Array. Um, but at the same time, it's jumping through, a, as you said, a lot of hoops to get to where they're going. And the big reveal of the villain and what's going on with Tyrock just seem kind of like, I know, just seem like afterthoughts. Really? I mean, the battle with the villain, once they find him, it's literally a panel. Mm-hmm. Lightning Lad busts in. It's like, says, that w- ha, how could you get here? And Lightning Lad hits him. Yeah. With a bolt of lightning and he's gone. It's that. Remember that one issue with the, uh, the giant brain and it's like all of a sudden they bust in and it's this giant panel of like body horror monsters all over the place. And then the very next panel is like, woof, we defeated them. And it's like, what, <laughs> what happened? Yeah, that's kind of how this was went. like, and now we are leaving for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The, the Legion is in the basement. Uh, Tyrock is back on Marzal. Two Legionnaires are trapped with him. And, uh, in one panel, they actually either miscolor uh, Tasmia's mother or they give one of her word balloons to Ultra Boy's mother. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. boy. Um, hey, 80s comics, want, am I right? Am I right? I do want to point out page 12. Okay. Page 12, I think, is the point where, you know, we've talked about Saturn Girl's costume being a bikini before. Yeah. But mm-hmm. page 12, if I was, you know, a 10-year-old boy, as I would have been in June of 1980, and I bought this book and I saw the reverse view of Saturn Girl in her pink pleather bikini, I mean, that, oh, that might have knocked me right out of boyhood and into adultery, if you know what I mean. That is a, that is a, that's a picture. I don't know. I, on the one hand, I'm like, how did they get away with that? It's DC in the 1980s. And then I realized she's been wearing this costume for like six years. Yeah. Great. Very naked Legion is what I'm saying. Yeah. Thanks for making it creepy. I didn't want to make it <laughs> creepy. I'm just saying that picture is just like, wow, put some clothes on Saturn girl. We have come to the end of another Legion clubhouse. Matthew, what have we learned this week? We've learned that Green Arrow exists in the 30th century. I think we also learned that you don't have to curse to utter your um, amazement and and disdain for what has happened to your containment suit. And we've also learned that if someone is about to crash into a building, apparently ripping it in half with your gravity powers is a completely legitimate technique to save lives. Oh, man, I forgot about that chase scene. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, everybody, for joining us this time on the Legion Clubhouse. We do enjoy all of your comments, all of your messages. You're such wonderful, wonderful fans out there. Please spread the word. If you're enjoying the show as much as we are and uh, you want to, we would love to have even more people listening to the show and joining in on the conversation. Uh, So please spread the word. Let people know about it. Uh, Join our Discord. We have a channel specifically for Legion uh, Clubhouse that you can come in and talk in there. So there's some good people in there. I think Jimbo Fett uh, found us uh, through Legion Clubhouse. So the more people we can get, uh, the the better we can we can grow and be and, and create a really good strong community of of Legion of Superheroes fans. And uh, maybe some of you might want to make sure that the show continues by chipping in a few bucks uh, yeah. a month. A couple of bucks a month is all we ask. And you can find out more at our Patreon page at Patreon.com/slash/MajorSpoilers. So until next time, I'm Wiley Zunerd, and I'm Rad Ernlad. 
The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Steven Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Steven Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Steven at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.